feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. a great Thanksgiving weekend with family and friends. I was glad to be here with all of you guys. That's the best way to celebrate the holiday. And I loved all the calls that we got, even on Thanksgiving, where we talked about what we're thankful for. And one thing I am not thankful for is Fauci. My goodness, this guy is like all over the place. I call him flip-flopping Fauci because he is constantly, uh, no, get mass, no, yes, get mass, vaccine, or get boosters. I'm not sure about kids. And then we're finding out all these details where he basically says one thing publicly, like, well, make sure you wear masks. And now in some recent depositions, it's like, well, maybe masks are not so effective after all. So when you see all of these comments and all of these disparate views, how are you going to have faith in the system? It's impossible to have faith in the system because he's just all over the place. And, of course, he is doing his sort of farewell swan, if you will, over the weekend. And, boy, did he get an easy pass from the mainstream media. Of course, he didn't really go on any place where they were challenging him. And all he could do was say, you know what, um, I'm really not 100% sure of where this started. I'm really not 100% sure of a whole bunch of these different issues. But um, you know what? We shouldn't be politicizing the origins of COVID. In other words, let's kind of like give China a pass. He is definitely going to the Biden School of Chinese Relations. And in just about two minutes here on the show, we are going to have the great Asia expert Gordon Chang to get his take on Fauci's comments, and of course, also, I can't wait to hear his thoughts about what's happening with the protests in China. This is stunning to see people protesting the lockdowns that are taking place, the COVID lockdowns in China, literally calling for the removal of President Xi. I mean, this is a moment that I think is so critical in the future of China. And yet, what does our White House do? They're like, well... Uh, we believe in peaceful protesters, and let's move on. And they're asking, well, what about condemning the CCP? What about condemning some of these draconian tactics, like welding people into their apartment buildings? Oh, well, you know what, let's just kind of move on. Boy, are our administration officials under the Biden administration just a bunch of weeping willows. I mean, it is unbelievable just how wimpy, and I, my heart just breaks with the people of China that are having the courage to protest over there. Look at also in Iran, and we've got a president who barely doesn't say anything. He's like, well, you know, peaceful protests are a good thing. Is that like the peaceful protests, uh, the way he handled the riots of the summer of love? Yeah, keep going, you know. But in this case, it's like he's not even supporting them. This is a case where he should say, keep going. And I praise you and how courageous and how gutsy, especially because he says he's all about human rights. He's all about free speech. But take a listen, first of all, to flip-flopping Fauci over the weekend saying, you know what, really no need to really kind of look into the origins of COVID. It only killed a few million people. Um, he basically says it's all politics and, and it shouldn't be politicized as if he has not been the king of politics. Listen to this one. 
They've clearly politicized it. You know, they say that I've been, I'm not political at all, period. I've never been, and anybody who knows anything about me knows that that's the case. But it is very clear when people are running their campaigns mm -hmm. with an anti-Fauci element to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, th 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 this is a public health issue. So, yeah, it's going to keep going, likely much more ge geared towards me. I mean, it's obviously a political issue. I'm not going to get involved. I didn't get involved before in the politics, and I'm not going to get involved now. Right. He never got involved in politics. And then listen to what he said about President Trump. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk mm -hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. But they they're not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. We need to have an open dialogue with their scientists and our scientists, keep the politics out of it and let the scientists, because these are scientists that we've known for decades mm -hmm. and we've collaborated with them. And these are scientists that, what a coincidence, Fauci has known for decades. And meantime, what about the approach to the protests? Today, the White House was so wimpy when they were asked about what do you think should happen? Don't you support the protesters that are protesting against the Chinese regime? And they were like, well, again, you know, maybe sort of kind of. And Congressman Mike Gallagher had this to say that this is time for the U.S. to step up. As the CCP cracks down and doubles down on oppression, we need to double down on freedom. That's how we win over the long term, right? We have too many people bashing America and America. We have too many useful idiots in the American media. We need to embrace American values as a self-evident contrast to the Orwellian oppression of the CCP. That's how we win the ideological fight over the long term, by remembering that we're the good guys. And joining us is Gordon Chang. His Twitter feed is Gordon G. Chang. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War, and I think the best Asia expert out there. Gordon, um, first off, great to have you here on the show. And this is I just want to get your quick reaction to Fauci before we get to the Chinese protests. The fact that Fauci just still seems to be coddling China and condemning anybody who criticized China. What's your reaction, Gordon? This, to me, is inexplicable. You know, we don't have 100% visibility into what happened in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but 95% it came from there. This was an engineered bug. But Rita, as we've talked about before, 100% we know that China turned this into a biological weapon if it didn't start out as one. They lied about contagiousness, they locked down their own country, and then they forced us to take uh, arrivals from China without restrictions. So. Yeah, you put those two things together, and that means that the 1,079,270 Americans who have died from coronavirus, according to the Johns Hopkins Resource Center, um, those are murderers. And Fauci needs to acknowledge that. You know, he has this notion that, oh, they're scientists, we're scientists, we're not political. Well, those scientists in China are actually creating deadly pathogens. We know that because we can read what their um, uh, universities and their institutes are actually saying. They talk about a new type of biological warfare of specific ethnic genetic attacks. 
Fauci knows it's possible. We know it's coming. He's not defending us. You know, the other thing, he certainly knows it's coming because he was aware about this grant to eco health. And from everybody's encountering the Trump administration, he never mentioned it. And then every time, as you know better than anybody, Gordon, when he was there before Rand Paul, he was like playing word salad every time. Why is he doing this? And why did he like not kind of come forward and say, hey, listen, there was this grant it tied to this. Um, maybe it's nothing, but at least let's look into it. He seemed to not even want to acknowledge it. And he keeps trying to make it sound he has no made no effort, it seems, to go after the origins of COVID. And it looks like he's trying to block it from the House trying to do it in the future now that it's soon going to be in GOP hands. Yes. You know, there are two published papers, from one from 2016, one from 2017. They're from researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They clearly describe gain-of-function research, and both of the papers publicly acknowledge funding from Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Now, as you point out, we had Fauci twice last year before the Senate on sworn testimony saying that he never funded gain-of-function at the Wuhan Institute. Well, either he committed perjury, which I think he did, or he was so negligent in not knowing where his institute was funding. Either case, he should be fired. In first case, of course, he should be imprisoned for lying to Senator Paul and to the Senate. Yeah, it is outrageous. And speaking of COVID, um, this is extraordinary. What's been happening over there in China, these anti-lockdown protests, um, some of the reports of them welding people into their homes. And of course, as you know, there was that recent fire recently where 10 people were killed, including some children. How serious are these protests and how big of a threat do you think it is to President Xi and also to the CCP? Well, we know that protesters over the weekend talked about uh, forcing Xi Jinping to step down and getting rid of the Communist Party. So these are revolutionary sentiments on the streets of China. And people were bold. They know that they can be imprisoned. China has uh, surveillance cameras, artificial intelligence, facial recognition software. Thank you, Microsoft. And um, they know that they can be rounded up. And that's actually, I think, happening right now in China as Beijing starts to go after people who demonstrated on the streets over the weekend. That fire on Thursday just ignited um, the Chinese people because, as you say, people were locked into their apartments. They couldn't get out, so they were killed. And also, we know the fire trucks couldn't get to the building because of the COVID barriers on the streets. So, yeah, I mean, right now, the Chinese people are demanding that they uh, govern themselves. And uh, unfortunately, the Biden administration is not supporting them. Yeah. What do you make of the fact that the Biden administration, Gordon Chang, is just so lackluster? I mean, here they claim to be the ones who are fighting for human rights. And yet it seems when they come to China... They just give him a constant pass. The president talks to Xi Jinping recently. And as we understand from even the White House briefing, by the way, just a few hours ago, Gordon, they were basically there was no proof that he pressed Xi Jinping about the origins of covid that killed millions of people around the world. I mean, it's it's like we're in an alternate universe with this president. Why is he so soft? Is there something to do with his son, Hunter? Yeah, it could very well be, you know, but whatever it is, it's an abrogation of his most important constitutional obligation, which is to defend the United States from foreign attack. 
As I mentioned, that's 1,079,270 Americans as of this morning who've been killed by COVID-19. And if Biden doesn't want to talk to the Chinese about it, that's fine, but he shouldn't be president. I believe he must either raise the issue with the Chinese, he must press them, he must use the power of the United States to get to the bottom of this, as he said he would, or he should resign. He should not be president of the United States if he doesn't want to defend us. You know, it's an interesting point, and you know this all too well. If the U.S. doesn't take leadership on this, then the other countries won't take leadership. They're looking to the U.S. to lead Gordon Chang. I mean, that's the thing that's really sad is it's not just a complete disservice, and I agree with you, um, of just a dereliction by this president to not push it is, is stunning to me, and it's and it's so disheartening. But it's also disheartening for the world because the U.S. has got to take leadership. Yes, absolutely. You know, when we heard the comments of John Kirby, the NSC coordinator today from the podium, um, they were disappointing in the extreme. Um, You know, and and then the statement from President Biden wasn't any better. Um, This, as you say, was uh, candidate Biden running for president of the United States in 2020, promising um, in writing in his platform to be the human rights president. Well, he hasn't been. He's gone missing because this is China. I mean, he apparently thinks that he can appease China. Well, no, you can't. I mean, the one thing, Rita, is that we always think that we can coexist with China. But the point is the Chinese look at our values. They look at our form of governance. And they are worried about the inspirational impact they have on the Chinese people. So they think that the United States is an existential threat. And it has nothing to do with what we say, has nothing to do with what we do. It has everything to do with who we are. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Well, Gordon Chang, it is always so great to have you here. You are like, I think, the best at this stuff. And everybody check out Gordon's Twitter feed. It's Gordon G. Chang. And we always appreciate you having on being on here with us, Gordon. And I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I ate too much, Rita. So, but apart from that, it was okay. <laughs> well, your wife is probably a great cook. I've met her, so I so I don't blame you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gordon. Great to have you here. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rita. Thank you, and everybody. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. You just heard what Gordon said, and he said, "Listen, if this president won't stand up to China about something that killed a million Americans and millions around the world, well, then he should resign." That is a very powerful statement. Do you agree? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And I am hot-blooded when I think about Fauci and I think about the fact that our president seems so scared to criticize China in any shape or form. And it does look bad at the same time that his son got tons of money from China, a lot of different Chinese business deals. Remember, according to a number of reports, there are stories also that like the big guy was getting the key to the office with a Chinese business deal. It just looks really bad. And here's today. This is the best that John Kirby, who uh, was at the White House press briefing today. This is, of course, the national security advisor, uh, one of the guys on the team there. This is what he said when reporters asked him, hey, 
What do you think about the protesters in China, these gutsy, courageous people who are now being jailed and beaten up by the Chinese authorities for speaking out against the Chinese authorities? You would think Mr. Uh, Human Rights would say, oh, boy, we stand with them. We are firm with them. We highly condemn the way that China has acted. Oh, no. Take a listen to this one. What is the White House's message, the president's message to people in China who are peacefully protesting COVID lockdowns there? And then did the topic of China's zero COVID policy come up in the president's bilateral meeting with President Xi when they met in Indonesia a couple weeks ago? They did talk about COVID uh, and the effect that the pandemic had had around the world. Uh, clearly, that came up inside the uh, the conversation. Uh, I don't know if specifically the zero uh, COVID policy w- was an issue of discussion, but certainly COVID was on the agenda, as you might expect that it, it would be. Um, and our, our message to peaceful protesters around the world uh, is the same and, and consistent. People should be allowed uh, uh, the, the, the right to assemble and to peacefully protest policies or laws or dictates that, uh, that they take issue with. Does the White House support the, their, their efforts to sort of regain their personal freedoms in light of these lockdowns? The White House supports the right of peaceful protest. Yeah, they support peaceful protest. That's all. We're too scared of the Chinese for some reason. How embarrassing is that? And boy, don't you think China's noticing that? Oh, God, we can uh, uh, potentially, and again, we don't know, but they won't even let us investigate potentially have something to do with COVID that killed millions of people around the world. They won't even look into it, and they barely will support the protesters. Boy, does China have free reign, and the rest of the world is seeing what a wimp our president is. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al, line eight. Al, your thoughts about this? Hello, Rita. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. You know, I just wanted to say that the, uh, you know, the President Biden, uh, he's not going to resign. But what he should do, uh, his policy with COVID restrictions and speaking out against Red China uh, has been non-existent. Uh, He's been a a terrible disappointment. Uh, He's been a failure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And you know what? You know, the thing is, Al, it's not just bad for obviously America, it's bad for the world, as we were just talking about with Gordon, because if U.S. doesn't take sort of a leadership position, exactly, how are these other countries around the world? They're going to go, oh, U.S. doesn't care. They they have no teeth that they go after China. It's terrible. It, it really is. I mean, when uh, his predecessor, President Trump, was in there, uh, China knew uh, that, you know, President Trump drew a line and they didn't cross it. They knew that if they did something that was out of line, uh, that uh affected our interest as the the free you know as the leader of the free world president trump uh for america that he wouldn't tolerate it but this president has done nothing uh he should do what is honorable he should tell the people in america that he will not seek another term his family should tell him that he is not up to the job and he should be a one-term president like Jimmy Carter was. Although you know, uh, you know, he doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. Although he has, he hasn't officially announced yet. But Al, thank you. You're awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Great call. Let's go to Patrick in Ohio, line seven. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Patrick, go ahead. Oh, it's a pleasure to speak with you, Mrs. Cosby. Um, I heard the news of the people resisting or protesting in China, and the only thing I can really say is I hope the people across the globe act in the same way. 
You mean, uh, how, what do you mean, act the same way or support them? What do you mean by that? Not only support, but when the, their their country becomes oppressive, everybody across the globe just say, no, we're not going that way. Yeah, and listen, you know what? I agree with you. It is time right now to really show support for these people. Think about the guts of these people. Patrick, thank you very much for the call, but it, it is so courageous and really uh, heroic, the fact that they are out there and that they actually are chanting, you know, basically like, you know, she's got to go in a country like China, whereas you even heard from Gordon, how many cameras they have there. They've got, you know, you know, facial recognition. They can spot everybody. They're out there, many of them very, very publicly. After what happened with Tiananmen Square and all these other things, these people are out there. That is gutsy. And the best our president can do is be like, well, uh, sort of, they should sort of protest. We're going to continue with your calls after the break and after our Back the Blue. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story where two New York City police officers and a bystander raced to save a man who fell onto the tracks at a Manhattan subway station, plucking him out of the way of an oncoming train in a very daring rescue. Now, the incident happened around 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving in East Harlem, New York, the man whom police said fell by accident, was taken to a hospital with injuries to his hand and back. The officers were on patrol at the station when they saw a commotion and they heard a scream from the opposite side of the station. The officers ran up and down the stairs through an emergency exit and onto the tracks, pulling the man to safety with the assistance of a bystander who was already trying to help. Bystanders then helped the officers climb back to the platform just before a number six train pulled into the station. Wow. Our daily thing, the officers say, is to help people. We don't care if we have to put ourselves on the line. That's what we do. That's why we take this job. And the police commissioner of the NYPD, Keyshawn Sewell, praised the officers in a tweet writing, the heroics of New York's finest always amazes me. The courage is second nature. Join me in saluting these great cops. And we always do here on the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, also to go along with our Back the Blue segment every night, the Rita Cosby Show also has a line of black Back the Blue merchandise. Back the Blue merchandise. So head over to store.ritacosbyonline.com, store.ritacosbyonline.com, and check out our line of Back the Blue gear. And when you use the promo code RITA15, you will receive 15% off of your order. That's store.ritacosbyonline.com. And like we always do, back the blue. 
And everybody, we are talking, of course, about the protests that are taking place in China. You got Fauci soft peddling things with China. You got basically everybody in the Biden administration soft peddling things in China. It's amazing. And everyone's wondering, what does China have on this administration? Why are they not supporting very vocally the protesters? It's a very tepid response from them, and they're not condemning China. It's like, you know, how do these people have a chance if the United States isn't even speaking out in their favor? Uh, I mean, it's just very wimpy. It's very docile. And I also think it's really tragic for the courageous people there in China. Take a listen. Here is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo talking about these incredible protests and these brave protesters in China over the COVID lockdowns. It is truly remarkable to see these protests calling out Xi Jinping directly himself. After just a, uh, a month ago, he was given uh, essentially a term for life. I think people could see that. The, as I said back in May of 20, uh, the Chinese Communist Party doesn't represent the people of China, the 900 million people who just want a little bit more freedom. Uh, I fear that what she will do is what the Chinese Communist Party leaders like Mao have always done. Uh, they've used force. They've used brutality to quell this uh, these uprisings and to restore order and power. I hope our administration will do everything within its power to prevent that from happening. I hope the world will rise up and recognize the real risks that are happening inside of China as a result of this communist rule that's impacted us all. And yet our administration today, when they were asked at the White House press briefing, John Kirby was asked by reporters, you know, why are you not kind of really vocalizing support for the protesters? Why are you not condemning the Chinese party. Here's a little bit of an exchange with Peter Ducey and John Kirby at the White House briefing just a few hours ago. On the China issue, why is the White House's line that everybody has the right to peacefully protest and not the U.S. thinks it's bad to lock people up in their houses to stop COVID? We've, we've made it clear, Peter, that uh, uh, a, a, a lockdown is, is not a policy that, that uh, we're, we're going to support here. We've, we've come a long way. Uh, over these last three years, hard to believe three years, in terms of uh, treating COVID and preventing COVID. So uh, we've said, you know, a lockdown is not a policy that we support here. Um, but obviously there are people in China that, that have, a, have concerns about that, and they're protesting that, and we believe they should be able to do that peacefully. Yeah, we believe they should be able to do that, um, but yet we're not going to really go after China. Why Are they so soft on China? Why is this administration so soft on China? Why is Fauci, who, you know, couldn't wait to, like, tell us to mask up, but yet doesn't care about the origins, it doesn't seem? He's like, well, you know, maybe it's natural. Maybe there's a remote chance it might have been man-made at this lab just because, what a coincidence, uh, you know, the grant for the gain-of-function happened to be sort of tied to that lab, and I forgot to mention it, but, you know, let's just kind of move on. Move on. Millions of people were killed. Can you imagine how different it would have been had President Trump been president at this moment right now? It would be like, let's investigate. Let's do this. Let's look into this. He would have absolutely held Chinese feet to the fire. And yet this president is like soft peddling, uh, like picking dandelions. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Shannon. Uh, line eight. Shannon, your thoughts about... Uh, Biden and Fauci wimpy on China. Thank you, Rita. You have a great show. Um, I recall back in 2020, 
I was listening to a program called Coast to Coast on WOR Radio. It's on at 1 in the morning. And they had a Chinese scientist, a female scientist, who was actually in hiding in this country. I don't know if you ever heard of this. Yeah, b- by the way, I think I know who you mean. I think she was also on, uh, like, with Tucker Carlson and some other people. And I, she re- I remember her saying that there was evidence. She believed there was evidence, right, of uh, the Wuhan lab, right? Is that where you're going? Well, yes, yeah, she, she worked with Fauci. Yes. And he confiscated her notes. And she said it did not come from a bat, which is what the, you know, the rumor was. It, it was definitely... It was leaked out of that lab. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. That's a great point. And you're right. You haven't yeah. really seen her. And and the other thing, Shannon, we haven't seen her in a long time, too, which is also That's kind of right. scary after she had yeah. the courage to speak out. Her husband was still in China, but she was here. I don't remember her name. And I wonder if anybody knows what happened to this woman. No, that's a great point. We'll look into that. Shannon, thank you, because I remember when she did the the, sort of the round of interviews, um, it was really compelling. And now we haven't seen much of her since then. And by the way, a number of her things early on uh, when she was doing those interviews, remember Fauci and a lot of people were saying, oh, uh, that's nonsense. And those things were being blocked. Anything that was like COVID, you know, was not 100 percent, you know, from bats. And no, in nothing tied to China, uh, anything short of that uh, got like blocked out, got deleted. Remember all these things that were going on in Twitter at the time. And I remember even some people who did interviews with her. If I remember, Tucker was complaining because suddenly that interview disappeared off Twitter. Isn't that interesting? In other places, too. Would be different under Elon Musk. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy. Line three, uh, line seven, sorry. Jimmy, go ahead, Jimmy. Your thoughts on all this, my friend. And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Jimmy. Oh, I did, and I, I hope you did, too. I know you did. You only will have a great uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, some people think that I might be a partisan because I seem to attack Democrats and not attack Republicans. But I'm not a partisan. I vote more for Republicans than Democrats, obviously. But this building up communist China, you could go back to Kissinger and Nixon Nixon and Kissinger built up the Soviets, so they helped build up and strengthen the Soviets during detente. Detente was originally called peaceful coexistence in Lenin's writings, and the communists write that they, they needed that to get strong. And then they realized they built up the Soviet threat, so then Nixon and Kissinger built up communist China to counter the Soviets. China and the Soviets were partners, so we built up. And then you had when uh, Reagan was president, the last year or two of Reagan's presidency, they opened the floodgates of trade and transfer of technology to Russia and China. That was under the Commerce Commissioner Verity. And then the President Bush, the first one, sent plane loads of cash from Kennedy Airport, pallets of cash. You needed to have a forklift to lift it with armed Soviet troops guarding the money. Bush, the first president, Bush said, played loads of ca- plane loads of cash to Moscow a couple of times a week from Kennedy Airport. So we have Republicans, too, whether it's stupidly, because you can't sometimes de- decipher, you can't figure out, sort it out, whether these people are corrupt or they're stupid or they're traitors. Sometimes it's a mix. But what's going on right now, we're seeing the results of this. 
that when the China's a threat because they're communists. So people have to understand it. When people say, ask, what's China's goal? They are communists. Their goal is world communist government, and America is preventing them from getting the entire world. Although, quite if frankly, America right now, Jimmy, defeated, Jimmy, under this president, you know, I, I not beg to differ with you. I, I hear your historical perspective, which is really powerful. It's always great, Jimmy. Um, but under this president, America's not really stopping them too much. America's basically saying, go ahead. We're barely going to do anything. I mean, talk about the impacts, Jimmy, when you got a president like that who basically says, stand down, America. I mean, it's, it's shocking, Jimmy. And, and as you talk about the repercussions, uh, what a difference if it was Trump. How do you think Trump would have handled it right now, Jim? Well, as, as Trump says, this would not have happened when he was in office, and it didn't. But what Trump maybe doesn't understand, that's how, why the communists got rid of him. This was a major movement. It was a, it was a beautiful operation, how they got rid of Trump. And now you have all these Republicans backstabbing Trump. They're mad at Trump, but Trump was the one who exposed the enemy, who let the American people know we're in danger, and he put a stop to it. And now other people, including Pence, are trying to take credit for what Trump did. These people backstabbing Trump, I think it's disgusting. If Trump doesn't get the nomination, I think there's going to be a lot of Trump supporters who won't vote, and that's a disaster. Yeah, that I mean, is that is a Republican. By the way, that is a disaster if people stay home uh, just in general, especially the next time. I mean, as we see, every vote counts. I mean, right. it is so critical right now that people get out and vote for whoever they want. It, it's, it is so, the so important. Yep. The world is at stake. thousand percent. Jimmy, thank you. Really great to get your perspective. Let's go to Stan, line five. Stan, your thoughts about all this. What a line of crap. What are you talking about? What a line of garbage from this guy that just talked. He knows the history. I know the history, too. Okay? And it wasn't China that got Trump out. This guy lives, breathes, communist. They're in his pants. They're in his house. Give me a break with this guy. You got him on. It's unbelievable. Wait, hang on. Wait, wait. No, no, no. Hold on, Stan. Hang on. Hang on, Stan. Because you just slammed the previous caller, Jimmy. And Jimmy's not here to defend himself. You, you what you think he Jimmy clearly has an opinion, but he also knows his stuff. He's also clearly well read on communism, and you just you don't agree with him. But it's not a reason to say he goes to communism in his pants. But go ahead, let's go ahead, go talk about Gordon Chang, your, right. your friend, yeah. Mr. Chang. You mean one I of the top know, one of the top Asia experts, but one of the go. top Asia experts in the world? Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't know he had a degree in infectious disease. When did he get his MD degree? When did he get his degree in infectious disease? Maybe around he the know, same time you did, Stan. He, maybe the same time you did, right? Well, yeah, same time as you. Okay, Mrs. Cosby. By the way, that guy <laughs> called you Mrs. Cosby. Did you hear that? Yeah, I was and, waiting for Dr. Cosby. Wait a minute. Well, that's all right. <laughs> well, he may show up. Anyway, let's get back to look. Dr. Fauci was on CNN this afternoon. I don't know if you saw him. He was on with uh, Jake Tapper. And he basically put an end to the Republicans at Gordon Chang, what he said. Basically, he says, in no way, shape, or form was any of those testing done that uh, was based on what he did and what they, uh, they worked with the Chinese. He said it plain and simple. Now, And you believe him, Stan, yeah, 1,000 percent. I believe him than I believe you. He's the doctor. You're not. I, by the way, Stan, Stan, I never said that. But but people who know, I think, more than you and I, like a Gordon Chang and other people, uh, clearly say there's information. People who are in the Trump White House say 
he never even brought it up that there was a connection. Don't you think it's a little fishy, Stan? I mean, well, all, all your, your, your sentiments aside, you got a guy who's doing tied to Grant. He parses it. I know exactly where you're going with this. The whole thing he does is like, well, it's not technically gain of function. Yeah, there was research there, but it's not technically gain of function. He, he pieces the words like, but if you see it, they were doing research on bat viruses. And it's at the Wuhan lab, and it just happens to have the first case right there. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of coincidences, Stan. And the fact that he never even brought up a connection to the Wuhan lab, whether it's warranted or not, wouldn't you think you need to say, by the way, everybody, there's a lab in Wuhan that's right in that area. And I am aware of some research, even if he wants to use it to discount it. But the fact he didn't bring it up, Stan, don't you think that's a little fishy? Rita. I, that's a yes or no. Wait a minute, Rita. Know, I'm asking you a question, Stan. Yes or no. Rita, he has testified three times before Congress, and the Republicans uh, grilled him. They're going to grill him again. If I was him this time, like the Republicans did, I'd take the Fifth Amendment 20 times. He's already been before them three or four times. They didn't like what he had to say. He knew more than they did. And this time they're going to bring him up again when they take control. Okay, they got a right to do that. But if I was him... I wouldn't, I'd say, hey, fellas, I talked to you two or three times already. I'm taking the fifth this time. Enough of you. And that's it. He doesn't, he's answered it all the time. You think there's more there. No, I think, I think it's awfully fishy, Stan, that he didn't talk about it, according to everybody in the Trump administration in those meetings, that he didn't talk about the fact that he even had a tie to a Wuhan lab. I mean, wouldn't you think when suddenly Wuhan's on the radar to mention that there was some tie? It just looks awfully suspicious. And I he continued, I'm just saying it looks, it just, it, even if, it, look, even if it means to clear him, why would you not at least say it happened? And he is dancing, he is parsing with words, and the fact that he's not going after China, come on, Stan, don't you think him and especially the Biden administration overall should be saying don't you think we need to find out what killed a couple million people around the world? I don't think it's a lot to ask. Rita, what does he have to do? He has, a, he has been honest all the way through, Rita. Let me tell you something. And, okay? and you know, Stan, Stan, you got Stan, another Stan, problem. Stan, hang on one second. Okay, he's about sure. he's about as honest as like, you know, as like, uh, you know, Thanksgiving's about uh, the Easter Bunny. You know, I mean, I'll give you a new bridge in Brooklyn if you think that he's one thousand percent said everything he knows. We know even from depositions that have just come out recently. He was saying publicly, you know what? Wear masks and privately telling friends and emails according to these depositions just recently. Well, they don't really work. You know, I mean, come on, Stan. He was he was all over the place. He was like throwing darts. Go ahead. Rita, let me tell you something, okay, about Dr. Fauci. He was on TV today. I wish you would have seen him. And he basically said every situation that happened with this virus was like a running bullet. It changed every so often. You had to make changes and so forth. And so he's been asking, and he talked about China today. He basically said, what the heck are they doing over there? They don't want to, do, they don't want to give shots. They don't want to do vaccines and so forth. And they uh, decided they want to do this is the wrong thing. He knows what's going on. He says it's terrible. He doesn't think that that should be happening. He is talking, Stan, again, he's talking about the lockdowns. He's not going to the origins of COVID. You exactly highlighted my point. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Now that Stan agrees with me, 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. (laughs) 
in the next hour, we're going to talk about how Biden doesn't have a problem with Chevron drilling in Venezuela making dictators rich for oil, but has a problem with us drilling in America. Uh, Boy, what a hypocrite in that case. And also D.A. Alvin Bragg. Suddenly we're getting some numbers on the conviction rate. And boy, are they pathetic. Just as we suspected that soft on crime, Alvin Bragg is true to his word. He is letting criminals walk. And that is heartbreaking. We're going to talk about that impact that it's having on major cities, including New York, of course, but cities really across this country. By the way, I love uh, Sal also puts in some good messages. Sal sends me this message here on Twitter at Rita Cosby. He said, Rita, I think that President Biden is afraid to support the Chinese protesters because he fears that Emperor Xi might become angry and retaliate by doing something like stop sending pharmaceuticals to us. Also, it seems that China has Biden by the cojones. Very good. I love when Sal uses my verbiage. Very nice. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandy in Seattle on line three. Sandy, your thoughts. Oh, Rita, you are out of this world. You're so kind of that. Don't understand. I, I, I would be ripping the phone out of the wall if he ever called me because he's just he's completely opposite from truth and reality. Um, uh, starting with starting with with Biden, you know, you're Catholic, aren't you, Rita? Yes, I am. Yeah, and so am I. And uh, uh, he was raised in the time that I was because I just turned eighty. And uh, uh, you know, it's a grave mortal sin to abort a baby. Abortion is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think, you know, 65 million babies have been slaughtered in the last 50 years. And the blood of these babies is going to be on Biden's hands. He's supposed to know better than this. To no, but, but this. Sandy, Sandy, let me just ask you to just to stay focused on the topic, because I hear what you're saying, obviously. Um, and a lot of people have discussed that with Biden on that issue. But in terms of his lack of focus on China's lack of guts with China, what, what's your reaction? And you heard Stan. Stan's like, uh, Stan thinks first Biden walks on water and Fauci, he thinks, is like uh, above water. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely uncomfortable. He's afraid of China because he's got these ties with his son and stuff. But, you know, when the Republicans get in office in January, uh, they're going to go after him on this thing. As far as Fauci goes, you have uh, you've had Dr. Robert uh, Robert Malone on, haven't you? At one time, I've talked to him. I have absolutely talked to Robert Malone. He's an interesting guy with the uh, with the uh, the uh, virus, uh, the um, mRNA, with the vaccine. I mean, right. he's an interesting guy. So, but don't you think the fact that they have not pushed China is stunning, Sandy? Do you find that stunning? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You can see the handwriting on the wall. There's, he's just so close-knit with China. And a lot of it, like you say, it was his son and everything. Boy, they're going to blow that thing sky high about the laptop, too. I can't, gonna, by the way, gonna... I can't wait to see where it goes, Sandy. I mean, we'll see, because we don't know which direction it's going to go. But but we, the American public deserves answers. They need to know, and they need to have confidence that our president and his son are not compromise. Sandy, thank you very much. Let's go to Norm. Line one. Norm, your thoughts real quick. Oh, Rita, yes. I go from the heaven of Jimmy to the, uh, hell. I guess, hell <laughs> of your previous. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. Listen, Rita, um, uh, of course, we have to support the Chinese. We have to support them. Um, 
I, me personally, I think I'm going to be talking to, uh, on Wednesday when I got another rally. Uh, I think I'm going to be talking about maybe doing some at the Chinese consulate, which needs to get protested. Um, I would like to talk to you at some point in the future about what happened in Mar-a-Lago with uh, President Trump and Nick Fuentes, because I actually met that jerk about a year ago. And I'd like to kind of tell you about that. But you're not talking about that tonight, so I'm not going there. But but, uh, but by the way, I will at some point. It's an interesting topic. Um, And, you know, a lot of people are going after Trump. And I will say Trump has been a huge supporter of Israel. For people to say he's anti-Semitic, that is ridiculous. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. show a little bit later on we're going to be talking about some of these stunning new numbers in an investigation basically of the da's office and true to form remember manhattan da alvin bragg the softest on crime da one of them in the country soros backed of course um no surprise it turns out he has downgraded an enormous amount of felony cases to simple misdemeanors no big deal And the numbers are stunning. And here's a little bit of a reaction. For instance, I love this quote. This is Judge Janine commenting about the fact that he's reduced its 52% of all felony cases uh, compared to a much different number that happened under another DA. But he said he was going to do it. He is a social justice warrior. Take a listen to Judge Janine. Calling Alvin Bragg a DA is like calling Jeffrey Dahmer a vegan, okay? (laughs) This guy doesn't prosecute crime. He forgives crime. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept of, you know, his his complaining about the new discovery laws, which are clearly a burden on prosecutors across the state, almost an impossible burden because of the information that's got to be done in a very short period of time, uh, should be easy for him because he's got more money than any DA's office around probably in the country. And skyrocketing crime in New York. Overall, crime is up in a big way. And we're going to take your calls on what a disaster this guy has been. And he doesn't seem to budge in any shape or form. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we were talking the last hour about uh, China uh, Doug Burns, um, great legal expert that we've had here on the show, sent a tweet to me saying, wow, Rita, this is rich. After basically Fauci shamelessly politicizing a health tragedy, now all of a sudden we need to get the politics out of it. Like what a hypocrite. And speaking of hypocrites, listen to what is going on now with the Biden administration vis-a-vis oil. It kind of goes on the same scheme as we are talking about with China, with this crazy foreign policy and this very docile foreign policy by this American president and the repercussions that it's having on the United States. We all see it. You see the inflation prices when you're going to buy uh, your turkey for Thanksgiving, when you were going to gas up your car to go visit family and friends. You could see how much more it cost at the gas tank. 
and just all the issues that we're dealing with is going to get colder, heating, you know, oil, everybody's expecting, they're all preparing for even more trouble. And yet, this president, President Biden, remembers he keeps saying no more drilling. Remember, he was at this campaign event uh, for Kathy Hochul in New York, and he basically repeated it. No more drilling. No more drilling. That's what he said uh, when he was running for president, and he repeated it just before the midterms. Here he is again. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling. No, I... That was before I was president. We're trying to work on that, get that done. Yeah, now that I'm here, there's no more drilling. And he's true to form. Listen, Keystone Pipeline, killed. Uh, drilling in Anwar, forget it. Um, think about all the things he has done, restricting permits, so many things he has done to just vilify the oil and gas industry in this country. And it's costing Americans big time. It's also costing Europeans and others big time because they can't rely on U.S. oil. And instead, once in a while, he gets to tap into the strategic reserves. That's costing us. It's reducing a little bit of the gas prices. But those are emergency reserves because he is so beholden to the left that he will not drill in America. So the new thing that comes out, it comes out surprise, surprise, Thanksgiving surprise. He is now lifting sanctions, essentially, on Venezuela. The dictatorship of Venezuela allowing now Chevron to do drilling under the dictator of Maduro and Venezuela, where the oil and all the production that's done there is so much dirtier than anything done in America. America does it cleanest, does it most efficient, uh, cheapest, fastest. I mean, there's so many layers that America does it. But because he is so beholden to his politics and the sort of far left side, he will not allow America to drill. And it put it cripples us. It cripples Europe. It cripples everybody. But yet he's OK with it happening over in Venezuela, Venezuela, which is also buddies with Iran, Saudi, Russia. So how is that helping everybody at this point? So he what he can say, well, we didn't do it in America but he got much dirtier oil and everything like that from Venezuela. And he's lifting sanctions, expecting that maybe they're going to be nicer on human rights. And guess what? Guess who's exempt from these issues here? Guess who's exempt from climate reparations that the Americans have decided they're going to pay courtesy of this administration? Last week, it came out, President Biden agreed to pay a billion dollars in climate reparations. Is that not unbelievable to who? Who's getting the billion dollars? Who decides? I mean, how do you decide that something that happened in America five or 10 years ago or whatever, somehow they're responsible for what happened in some third world country? And guess who's also exempt from having to pay any reparations? Some of the biggest polluters in the world, China and India. I mean, this is such a bunch of hogwash. And it's so bad for America that he is so beholden to the left and I'm talking the far left and these green energy folks, that he won't drill in America. It's a logical solution, and yet he is putting America last. Here is Judge Janine talking about this screwy new policy by this president. I don't think we should drill in Venezuela. I think that on the one hand, uh, you know, Maduro is a dictator, 
and we have criticized him. And now all of a sudden we're on a knees to him. Look, we've got enough rigs in Louisiana and in Texas to be able to drill off of those existing rigs. And they've got the most sophisticated refineries in this country uh, for the Canadian crude oil that I've said before. If we put together Canada, the United States and Mexico, we would be energy independence. He should be interested in increasing the economy of the United States as opposed to the economy of Venezuela. What 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 motive? the president of the United States to cut back on sanctions for a country that we supposedly don't respect and disagree with totally to say, hey, can you sell us some oil when we could do it here? And this argument that, you know what, we've got 9,000 leases. They don't have the roads to the leases. The regulations will take forever to be filled. Uh, it's really a shame. We need U.S. production. We've got it here. And uh, he's not willing to do it. He is not willing to do it. And his policies seem to be putting America in the backseat and the world in the backseat. When you take a listen, here is Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick with his perspective of what a horrible decision this is, especially for an American president. Maybe for a Venezuelan president, this is a win-win. For Russia, it's a win-win. Iran, it's a win-win. But not an American president. Take a listen. The energy crisis that we're facing right now in America, much uh, of that has been self-imposed by uh, decisions that were made by this administration early on to shut down the, uh, the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, uh, further delaying the, uh, the permitting process here uh, domestically. Um, I don't know why we're going to communist dictatorships uh, or begging OPEC Plus uh, to increase production when we have the energy right here in America to get the job done. Yeah, it is incredible. And think about we are losing leverage with some of these other countries. We're going to some of the world's worst so we can get oil from them. So because we need it and because our president somehow thinks like now's the time to go to this green energy transition, even if the American public doesn't want it, even if it's hurting us so bad economically, what are we supposed to just kind of suck it up? And because he morally thinks that's the right way to go. I mean, is there anybody that agrees with this crazy policy? Go to Venezuela. What's Iran next to get some oil from them? That's really going to help with leverage on the Iran deal. Boy, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Susan uh, first off. Susan, what, what do you make of these policies with Biden on China and also with Venezuela? I, I mean, it's like... It is so like a uh, cowering in, in, in both regards. There's so many levels to this, but I wanted to just go back to Gordon Chang and many of the conversations I've been listening to about what's going on in China um, and that some people continue to call it a protest, but many really um, more astute insiders say, that this is more equivalent to a revolution um, based on, you know, historical um, situations. And that it was reported that 10 people died in that apartment by um, a fire where they locked in uh, these uh, uh, residents in China. I forget the region. I'm sorry. But that that seems to be propaganda because the reports were that they could hear the screams 
of children, uh, 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 many, many more people than 10 from miles and miles away that were burned by the at the hands of Xi Jinping. You know, Susan, you bring up a great point because you're right. Uh, The number 10, um, many people, as you rightly say, maybe just the tip of the iceberg because there were apparently a lot of people living in that apartment complex. And how sad that they basically like blocked the people in. Um, some of the people have been locked down there since August. Can you imagine? And no wonder they're protesting. And people are just horrified at what happened, understandably. I mean, it's disgusting when you hear that these people couldn't get out. They were trapped inside. The fire trucks apparently couldn't get there either. They were having trouble getting to the location because of all the lockdowns and the parked cars and all these other things. And you're right. We can't trust the number of 10 because it's a big apartment complex. There were so many people in that building. That's a great Great point. Susan, thank you very, very much. Let's go to BJ. Line four. BJ, your thoughts about Biden's policy, uh, you know, coddling China and coddling now Venezuela. I mean, that's outrageous. Yeah. Well, uh, first off, I owe you a happy birthday and a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very uh, much, BJ. <laughs> Save the best for last, my friend. Oh, uh, you're, you're But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, when you're a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese government and you've been so for years, it's very hard to uh, have any integrity about what's right and and what's politically convenient. Uh, Miranda Devine wrote about it. Peter Schweitzer wrote about it. Anybody who read it, uh, uh, read those books and has been watching the news and watching what's been going on with our energy policy and watching what's been going on with our fuel prices and our grocery prices knows that it's all linked together. I get a kick out of what, listening to guys like Stan. They really believe this stuff that uh, Fauci is uh, uh, came off the cross. I mean, uh, Rand Paul exposed Fauci for who he is, and we won't really find out exactly how deep and up to his nose he is in this COVID mess uh, with the gain of function and all the money he uh, he got as a consultant for the uh, pharmaceutical companies. But one day we will find out the truth. Yeah, we we might, BJ. You know what? We might find out the truth. I'm I'm. I hear what you're saying because I think ultimately we will. And and now with Republicans in charge of the House. They'll have a little more, um, you know, uh, backing. Clearly, they have subpoena power when they start taking over January 3rd. And they've already said, like, Fauci, Mayorkas, Hunter Biden, all these are on the list. Um, They can suddenly subpoena maybe some records, some other things that the other ones just didn't even care to even look into. So we might get some answers. And you heard even what I said to Stan. Um, You know, Stan is sort of like, you know, tunnel visioned in terms of Fauci. And I contend that I don't believe in coincidences and the fact that it happened to be tied to this Wuhan lab and he won't he didn't even admit that it happened. It it had to get pressed out of him with all these hearings and he still played word salad, whether it was gain of function or something similar to that. Um, The fact that he, you know, didn't even mention it just I mean, that's a huge omission, you know. I mean, that to me is like the most uh, bizarre thing. Why Why wouldn't you? That'd be the first thing I'd say. By the way, I know Wuhan. Wuhan has XXX. We should look into it. And he never has brought that up, at least certainly not voluntarily. And he also never has pressed for them to really be investigated. I mean, even over the weekend. Uh, I mean, he just was like very docile. Like on, and, and granted, he didn't get a lot of hard-hitting questions either, BJ. Go ahead. No. 
No, Fauci is the uh, medical industrial complex equivalent of J. Edgar Hoover. What Fauci is to the medical industrial complex in this country, J. Edgar Hoover was to the FBI in this country. He knows a lot of material that he will never, ever, ever speak or utter. It will take decades for us to uncover how compromised this man was and what he did going back to the AIDS crisis and how he put his, his uh, 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 foot on the oxygen in terms of getting a cure. We're, we're celebrating uh, World AIDS uh, 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 Day this uh, week. Uh, I had a brother who, who perished of AIDS. Oh, and about I'm so a, sorry. A, thank you. Uh, about a year later, they came out with the cocktail, which meant that the people that got AIDS went from zero to two years to many, many, many more years yes. of life. Uh, but, you know, this guy kept his foot on the uh, uh, the throat of those who had cures, in my opinion, in my opinion, and from what I could see and having uh, saw what those people went through back in the 80s and the 90s, uh, so no, you're I, right. You're right. And by the way, we had on a, a couple of people who was at Robert F. Kennedy, I think, who wrote that book where he was talking about some of the things um, that he says Fauci knew back then. Um, you know, of course, Fauci says he, everything he did was above board. But uh, Robert F. Kennedy raised some really interesting questions um, about the handling of that, like you just brought up. And, and again, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family, BJ, too, um, when you think about it. But you brought up a very important point about the power that these people have. Um, to find cures and get them out to market as soon as possible or restrict certain other ones and why, um, you know, and, and I, I still think there are so many unanswered questions. And I'd love to even see that reexamined too, BJ, quite frankly, um, because I think um, it, it's such an important issue and an honor your brother and everybody else too. Um, BJ, thank you very, very much. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. could be Fauci's theme song, Head Games, because, boy, he's like all over the place. And I can't wait till we can finally get some answers. Why is he giving a pass to China? Why is also President Biden and the whole administration, like, they're afraid to, like, go after China? And now they're coddling Maduro of Venezuela to get oil there, which is a lot dirtier than any oil ever drilled in America. So explain to me from an environmental perspective how that's keeping the, you know, basically the planet cleaner by drilling and getting dirty oil, more of it there and coddling dictators as opposed to drilling it cleaner, faster, more efficient everything else, and also making us much more financially secure in America. It does not make sense at all. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil. Line 8. Phil, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm good now that I'm talking to you. What what do you make of Biden, Phil? This is so puzzling. Well, Well, I recommend that every listener to your show Get on the internet and hook up with a movie called The Manchurian Candidate. It, it, by the way, it stars Frank Sinatra. Interesting role he plays in that movie. Yeah, you I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And this is what Biden is. He's a Manchurian candidate. 
and the people in the Democratic Party know it and they endorse it. But what, what amazes me in this country, Rita, you grew up as a child in this country. I grew up as a child in this country. Since 1980 to now, what have we have? Eight major different viruses killing and maiming people. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Why is the most developed, medically advanced country on the face of the earth under the rule of Democrats, people like Jimmy Carter, uh, uh, Clinton, and Obama, why every time they get in office, we get hit with viruses? And now we've got Biden and we've got the COVID and the monkeypox. Isn't there some strange relationship to all this, Rita? Oh, that's an interesting. I, are, are you going for maybe there's some uh, tie with the pharmaceutical company? I mean, they, clearly Fauci, who's been around for many of these presidents that you're talking about, clearly I think there's more to say. He hasn't sort of said everything. I mean, the fact that he didn't even bring up a connection to some of these places and they seem to be dabbling, and there seems to be a lot of crossover, more than we even realize, Phil. Um, wh- what are you suggesting? Well, I'm suggesting it's a conspiracy to cripple America, to bring America to its knees so it becomes a third world country like the rest of the world is basically at this stage in the game. Yeah, Phil, countries- by the way, if that's the goal, yeah. I'd give uh, Biden an A-plus for that. You know, well, I mean, that's really sad. Yeah, he's succeeding, and they're talking about a revolution in China. You, you'll have 10 million people dead before Z gives up his power. That's, that's for sure. But the whole bottom line, Rita, is, look, I'm in my 70s. I'm an old vet. I never took, I never took the, the, uh, the vaccine. I, don't, I never wear a mask, and I never got sick. My family doesn't wear a mask and they don't get sick and by the way phil you know that's happened with a lot of people that's why fauci was all over the place and now we're hearing he said some different things publicly than privately this is the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Whitehall, Pennsylvania, where a local man in Pennsylvania is known as the neighborhood nice guy. He received the honor of a lifetime for his 100th birthday. On Sunday, the mayor of Whitehall, Pennsylvania declared, I love this, November 27th, Richard L. McDonald Day, in honor of his life well lived. Richard answered the call to defend the United States during World War II by joining the Army Air Force Signal Corps. He also worked for over 38 years, and he found the love of his life, his wife, also raising six children, and now they have 10 grandchildren. He also volunteers at the local church. And he was asked his secret to a long life. He said, well, to have a little drink, not every day, but pretty often. 
Uh, a little whiskey and a little water, he says. That's about it, he said with a laugh. Richard also said he's both humbled and honored by all the celebrations put together for him. And how beautiful that November 27th in Whitehall, Pennsylvania, is Richard L. McDonald Day uh, honoring this great veteran and also his family and, of course, all of those who served with him. I love doing Support Our Heroes every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, you guys know how much we appreciate law and order and how important it is. A big issue, as you have seen across the country, and crime is skyrocketing. Uh, But don't tell that to Soros-backed DA Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg, remember, rode on basically this policy that he was going to downgrade certain crimes, that he was going to release certain people in terms of criminal justice reform. That was his motto. And sadly, true to form, he is living up to his word. And when he did one of the debates, I remember, you know, he was saying, you know, yes, I'm going to go soft on this. I'm going to bring in social justice. I'm going to bring in fairness. I'm going to bring in all these other things in terms of, you know, determining what someone should get for a sentence what their crime should be, what the punishment should be. That's not what should be taken into account. It should be, did the person do the crime? It doesn't matter what their skin color is. It doesn't matter what their economic level is. It should be, if they did the crime, they should be punished. There should be repercussions so there isn't a high rate of recidivism. And yet somehow, Alvin Bragg, this very soft on crime DA, doesn't seem to get it. And now Everybody in New York City is paying a dear price. I mean, we've seen the numbers. The numbers are irrefutable. He doesn't want to talk about them, but the numbers are pretty staggering. First off, I want to read some numbers here. Uh, Total crime up New York City year to date, 27.5%. Robbery up 30%. Felony assault up 13%. So convictions And this is the big, big thing. Convictions, as it turns out, and this was an investigation that sort of started with the New York Post and other news organizations have confirmed that these are coming from the numbers from the DA's office himself. So these are his numbers. They basically show that Alvin Bragg has reduced an overwhelming amount of felony convictions, reduced them to suddenly when people were charged with a case prior, rather, to the conviction, when they're just charged, he's reduced them to a misdemeanor. So somebody who committed a major crime under this DA, Alvin Bragg, and it was a felony crime, quite often just basically got a slap on the wrist, a simple misdemeanor, which means in most cases they didn't get any time. They maybe didn't even have to pay anything. They just walked out. And no surprise, we're seeing a revolving door in New York City and so many of these cities across the country. It is outrageous. And this DA continues to also still play the race card. He continues to say, well, if somebody's criticizing him, uh, they're racist. Um, Well, listen, he seems to be coddling the criminals more than appreciating the victims and respecting the victims. And quite often, a lot of those victims of crimes are African-American or Latino. So he's doing a tremendous disservice to them. If he really is talking about criminal justice reform, what about thinking of the victims, many of them in inner cities? Don't they deserve to be protected? You bet they do. And yet Alvin Bragg seems so much more focused on making sure that the criminals 
most cases, walk scot-free or get very little to no punishment. Guess what? It's human nature. They repeat over and over and over again. And this is such a dangerous cycle that needs to be broken. And yet he did campaign on this. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And I think at the time, maybe people didn't believe him. And shame on anybody who votes for him again if they think that this policy is working. Because here's some stunning numbers first off. Manhattan crime cases, felonies downgraded. This is in 2022 to misdemeanor, again, felonies to simple misdemeanors. Get this, 52 percent, 52 percent. In 2019, it was 39 percent. That was under a different DA, Cyrus Vance. That was pre-COVID. All this under Alvin Bragg, 52 percent. Then misdemeanors resulting in convictions. These are just misdemeanors, 29 percent. Only 29%, less than a third, actually were convicted. And misdemeanors resulting in a jail sentence, 522 in 2022. And in 2019, when it was a different DA, 2,400. So almost five times as many actually got a jail sentence for a misdemeanor. And what a surprise. We're seeing this revolving door of criminals who keep repeating crimes over and over again. It's so bad that even the current New York Police Commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell, had this to say of an obvious perception of what she has seen happening. Because guess what? Her cops keep arresting the same people. The criminal justice laws are are not allowing the NYPD to do its work effectively. What, what's your message to Albany post-election? So first, I'm glad you called it criminal justice laws because I think we do ourselves a disservice when we call them bail reform laws because it's so much more complex than that. We will never stop advocating for that. Judges need to have the ability to determine if someone is a public safety threat to the community uh, and to determine if a person who is a recidivist can be given bail. We are arresting the same people over and over again. And I understand that there are people who believe that this has no effect, but it does. We know what we see every single day. And that's not Keyshawn Sewell, but that appears to be somebody else who's with the NYPD. And it is not looking good for the NYPD because they're so frustrated. Our law enforcement officers, whether it's at NYPD or elsewhere, they are working hard. They're trying to get people behind bars. And then suddenly they see these people back out on the street and they're mocking cops and they're saying, ha, I'm back out. You know, they're like, wait, 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 I arrested you for a felony offense. And guess what happens if you don't arrest them for smaller offenses? They will keep doing it over and over again, and things get worse and worse. Well, here is Geraldo Rivera. Uh, This is Cut 24. This is where Geraldo's talking about D.A. Alvin Bragg. And Geraldo just thinks this guy is obviously has the wrong focus in terms of combating crime. There is a social justice motivation, obviously, Martha. When I worked in that office as a young intern a long time ago, I worked for a DA named Frank Hogan, who was a legendary crime fighter. Our driving motive was to prosecute every crime to the fullest extent of the law. That is clearly not the case under Alvin Bragg. He, from his own mouth, has suggested he is a social justice warrior. Yeah, a social justice warrior, but doesn't seem to care about the justice for the victims. Again, many of them African-American. And here's another comment from Geraldo about this. Take a listen. Bragg says he feels that there has been historic inequity and 
un, uh, injustice uh, toward black defendants, black and Latino defendants particularly. And he is determined to use his office to right those historic wrongs. There is even an allegation, I have not confirmed it, but an allegation that there are lists uh, made up by the district attorney's office where the race of the defendant is listed and the outcome of the case, uh, what sentence, what the charges were, what the sentences were. In other words, in Alvin Bragg's office, race matters. He sees himself as a social justice warrior. Can you imagine if there is such a list as Geraldo saying that he's hearing reports that there may be where he actually has next to the crime of the person's what color they are, uh, economic level. Can you imagine if it actually is the case that that's what he is using to decide if somebody gets got free? Uh, what if somebody's a, a wealthy Caucasian, they get much more jail time than somebody else? Uh, it should be equal justice. Thugs are thugs. Uh, skin color should not come into play. That's my feeling. What are your thoughts about Alvin Bragg and this investigation that shows that he is clearly dropping and downgraded felony cases to simple misdemeanors? And even when they get to be simple misdemeanors, rarely are they ever being convicted. It is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here's Judge Janine, um, who, by the way, said that under her office, when they looked at, like, how many cases actually were kept at the level of the arrest, like, in other words, if somebody was arrested for a felony, did they not get downgraded, that they stayed at that level? She said it was 94%. I mean, that's a huge amount. That makes sense, because guess what? you got to trust your police. If the police arrest him for that, she said basically it was a 94% where they kept true to the charges that that person was arrested on. In this case, more than half are getting downgraded to misdemeanor, and very few are actually getting convicted of even a basic misdemeanor, which is basically nothing. This is shameful of this DA. And this is the way Judge Janine describes Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Calling Alvin Bragg a DA is like calling Jeffrey Dahmer a vegan, okay? (laughs) This guy doesn't prosecute crime. He forgives crime. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept of, you know, his his complaining about the new discovery laws, which are clearly a burden on prosecutors across the state, almost an impossible burden because of the information that's got to be done in a very short period of time, uh, should be easy for him because he's got more money than any DA's office around probably in the country. Yeah, very stunning. He has more resources, more ways to be able to make sure that they can keep track of these people, uh, to keep them in the system, to make more arrests, um, and to also make sure that these arrests stick. And yet, for some reason, he's including fairness and these issues of what he calls sort of basically social justice issues that he says should be taken into place, which is just, it's incredible to me that that is actually what is a determinant factor when people are coming before him. Here's a statement, in fact, from Bragg's office that just came out in regards to this report from The Post and others where they're talking about the numbers. He said, quote, they're not backing off, by the way, either. Bragg's office says, we will continue prosecuting violence drivers and not car drivers, but those who drive violence and prioritizing safety and fairness in every case. In other words, fairness and safety basically have the same balance. So how are you ever going to throw the book at crime? And how are you ever going to turn around crime in places like New York City 
if the person is thinking about fairness just as much as society's safety, does that sound like a law enforcement officer or does that sound like somebody who should be working like at the ACLU? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania, line six. Dave, your thoughts about this. It's outrageous that he's he's so defiant and basically even referred to Lee Zeldin um, last week who was, you know, when he was running for governor, basically said, you know, if you're bringing up crime as much as you are, it's basically racist almost. I mean, he he actually has been critical of people who've been trying to fight crime and criticizing his office, but also he was criticizing the whole system. Lee Zeldin saying, look, you know, we're seeing what we're all seeing. Crime is skyrocketing. And Alvin Bragg's response is, you're racist. I mean, this is crazy, Dave. Yeah, it certainly is. Thank you for taking my call. I Again, it's a classic case of, the, of radical Democrats accusing, uh, they accuse people of the very thing they're guilty of. And this is clearly a discriminatory policy that, as you mentioned earlier in your lead up to this topic, that uh, the main people, you know, or poor inner city folks, mainly African-Americans, are going to be violated by these repeat recidivism type criminals. And, you know, this is discrimination in action, although it's funny Democrats talk about discrimination in, in political rhetoric, but they actually do it in political action. And if I can make another case in point, just like with regards to education, you know, the Democrat Party doesn't want African-Americans and inner city children to have a choice. Their parents have a choice in education. They're not allowed to have voucher systems like in Philadelphia and New York. They, they, they fight that tooth and nail because they're beholden to the almighty, you know, um, teachers union uh, dollar. That's what's most important. That comes first and, you know, in school education second which allows them to get to jam down their leftist ideology in those schools. But again, it's a, a classic case of, you know, they say one thing, they accuse Republicans and conservatives of being a racist. And in fact, they're the ones who are the most guilty of racism in, the, in, in what they do and what they support. And, you know, it's such a cheap shot, Dave, because to say like that, like as we're talking about, um, there are so many families, you know, African-Americans and Latinos, um, who are really frustrated with this sort of soft on crime approach because they want their communities to be safe. Everybody does. It's not a color issue. It's a concern issue. It's an average citizen. All good citizens uh, want their communities to be safe, want their kids to be safe. And to me, it's such a cheap shot when they start using that sort of name calling um, as opposed to replying with real answers. Uh, I guess the only thing I can say about Alvin Bragg is he did campaign on doing this, and I think people are going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he actually ran on this. And and I say to anybody, if he, you know, runs again, shame on them for voting for him again, you know, Dave. I mean, that's, you know, that's the one thing that is absolutely stunning. Dave, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Michael in South Carolina. Line four, Michael, go ahead. Your thoughts about uh, this soft on crime DA that's in New York, but also there's other ones around the country that feel the same way he does. Hey, Rita, always a good show. And you know what? Uh, I know you're short on time. I'll make it quick. Um, you know, uh, with, with the uh, with this DA, Alvin Bragg, playing the race card, Sharpton, playing the race card. And, you know, uh, uh, the mayor of New York, he wants to go to the uh, World Cup, playing the race card. We got so much stuff going on 
and Fauci with multiple viruses and Joe Biden. And maybe he can get him in front of the cameras in Delaware with an ice cream cone and say, oh, put some sprinkles on and start to wax poetic. I mean, it's so ridiculous, everything we're going through. And this DA is a disgrace. And other people take a page from his book. It's not about someone's, you know, the color of their skin. Stop playing the race card. And you know what, Rita? I'll leave you with this, okay? Uh, in my 68 years, what we're going through, uh, viruses, multiple viruses, you know, invisible virus knows no borders in our world. Invisible virus knows no borders. You know, it's, it's, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's truth is strange in fiction, you know? Yeah, 1,000%. And boy, we got to get to the bottom of that with uh, Dr. the good Dr. Fauci. Um, boy, Fauci and Bragg, a uh, lot to talk about tonight. Thank you very much, Michael. Take good care of a beautiful South Carolina. You know, I went to school there. You know how much I love that place. Thank you very, very much. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What do you make of the fact Bragg and others playing the race card? If you criticize their soft on crime policies, well, then they call you racist. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We're talking about crime with Bragg and so much more. The DA in New York, the soft on crime Soros-backed one. And now we're finding out that many felony charges have been downgraded to simple misdemeanors. And it's much, much at a higher rate uh, than the previous DA. And that's a case probably in many other DAs across this country. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Teddy on line two. Teddy, your thoughts about all this? Uh, yes, Rita. Uh, good evening. Uh, I'm more calm because uh, my girlfriend, Lenore, told me if you want to speak to her or anybody else on the phone, you have to maintain your poise. There, and By the way, I like your girlfriend. She's a, she, you got to listen to her, Ted. She's good. Oh, she's very smart. Uh, Rita, I, this, this is the difference between me, BJ, Norm, Phil, okay? I agree with you on a number of issues that you're talking about tonight. But like Norm brought up, but you didn't bring it up at all. But Dove Hyken said he's through with Trump. Bo Deedle said he's through with Trump. What are you talking about, Ted? Sorry, which topic are you talking about? I'm talking about the Mar-a-Lago thing with the dinner of uh, uh, Kenya... Uh, Yay, whatever his name is, and uh, the Puente, Fuente, the white nationalist, racist, anti-Semite, Holocaust denier, and you don't say much about it at all. Now, by the way, Ted, Ted, actually, I wasn't talking about it as a topic, but when Norm brought it up, because he brought up um, some issues with this uh, Nicholas Fuentes, um, yeah. and also, yay, uh, former Kanye West, you know, who changes his name all the time. Um, I, I personally, two things I will say, obviously anybody who's anti-Semitic, I think is, is just disgusting and shameful. And some of the things that I have read and, and, and seen quoted elsewhere is just, it, it makes my skin crawl. I hate it. 
Um, I think you know that I've always said that on the air, that I'm, I'm a huge supporter of Israel. And I hate also the idea of anybody making anti-Semitic comments. I think it's disgusting. Um, I will also say for people to suddenly like swoop it with a brush. If you listen to some of the things I've seen, President Trump says, first of all, he didn't know this Fuentes guy, I think, was coming. He didn't know who he was. Um, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what he said. I mean, you have to if you even if you take him at his word, you have to, you know, maybe he didn't know everybody. He came as a guest of Kanye's and probably a guest of Kanye's got cleared through somebody. The question is who cleared him. But that could happen. There's a lot of people that come to Mar-a-Lago. On the other hand. I will say I do not believe that President Trump is anti-Semitic. I was just at an event, Teddy, recently with the Zionist Organization of America. Trump was getting an award, and I will tell you, he has been an enormous supporter of Israel. I mean, he's been one of the best friends ever of Israel. He's the one who moved the embassy, remember, uh, to Jerusalem. He's the one who, who did the Abraham Accords. I mean, even staunch critics of President Trump have said that he's been a great friend to Israel. I, I mean, that that's pretty much undeniable. I don't think he's anti-Semitic. I think he made a poor choice with Kanye coming at this time. And obviously somebody, if you believe what Trump was saying, that uh, that essentially this Fuentes guy got through. Um, I, I don't think I'd recognize Nick Fuentes down the street. I don't know. I'd recognize Kanye West. I think the whole world would. Um, but you know, you can't blame if somebody got in there who has uh, a bad, it's like, you know, somebody standing next to Biden. But go ahead. Okay, uh, Rita. Peter Johnson, uh, he was on PBS this evening. He's a former national, a Republican strategist. He said the Republican Party has lost its focus. Well, well, I will say they definitely, everybody needs to condemn anti-Semitism. And Trump has already come out and said he feels Kanye is troubled. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.